0: welcome to lacrosse classified on the lax all-stars podcast network presented by extreme threads your home for the latest news from the national lacrosse league and indoor lacrosse now let's talk some lacrosse with your hosts jake elliott and evan schemenauer
1: What's going on, lacrosse fans? You heard the man. It's time for Lax Class, so please take your seats and pay attention here as it's Jake Elliott and Evan are back with you once again here on Lacrosse Classified on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. Thanks for joining us here on a Tuesday and lots to talk about this week here on Lacrosse Classified as we'll bring Evan in right off the top. Evan, welcome back, uh, back for another episode and I think back in the chair here for the summer as well as uh, why fix something that's just not broken and uh, you're gonna be you're gonna be riding shotgun here through the summer as uh, we'll get through this and, and get into another NLL season in a couple of months but lots of things to talk about here this week on Lax Class. Well, well
2: and Happy Canada Day, Jumbo. Yes, uh, indeed. our national holiday up here, so good timing for this one especially it's a, it's a day off for us
1: but. yeah well we are recording here on a monday which is july 1st and that is canada day but we will release the show on tuesday so our birth our nation's birthday was yesterday um what did you do what did you get get up to on the long weekend
2: well with the a number of hours i've been putting out at work lately um it was more of a let's catch up on fixing stuff at the house going to get out and do a round of golf later, do some fireworks with the family, but, uh, yeah, it was mostly, uh, yard work weekend, unfortunately.
1: So the wife just put the hammer down and said, uh, no relaxing for you, Evan, get out into the yard and, Uh-oh. and weed the, weed the lawn and water the plants and all that sort of stuff.
2: No, well, I mean, no, it's, I mean, I was doing that myself, but also of course not too far away from the phone, uh, as we'll get into our grades in a few minutes mm. and, uh, quite a lot of discussion that we've had to have over the last several days and as to the ongoing, especially in Ontario.
1: Indeed, indeed. Uh, Myself, I got to actually do something that's probably more Canadian than you can get, and that was play lacrosse uh, over the Canada Day weekend with... uh, with the Masters, guys, unfortunately, all uh, kind of culminated in an in a overtime loss uh, at the hands. Congratulations to the new Westminster O'Keefe's. Uh, they had a ringer in Kerry Krzyzewski, who still playing senior B lacrosse, uh, had a bunch of goals in that one. But, I mean, our team, I got to say, like, we had Chris Gill and Dan Stroop and Bruce Murray and... Uh, some good players on there. Mind you, Like we were p- up against playing against the 35-year-old division, and, and the majority of our team was was north of 45. And by the end of the first day, which she played three games in, uh, half our roster just couldn't go uh, for <laughs> the final game because uh, Gilly pulled both his hamstrings. Uh, Streepy was out there limping around. Murray didn't even show up. Uh, Malowski couldn't make the tournament, so... Uh, We were a little shorthanded for the final, but we put up a good fight, uh, but we lost in overtime. But it was still a great time, and and thanks to everybody, by the way. Deb Hurd, Russ Hurd, Rick Mang, who put the team together. Everybody involved with that Masters Tournament is a yearly tradition and um, just a great time. They had two rinks going over there in Burnaby, and uh, what a fantastic weekend it was
2: well one i want to understand too one of your nll all stars went what one for twenty three
1: yeah yeah no that was that was stroopy and and i think uh that was just in one game uh by the way and and it's funny it's dan who coaches the the po junior a saints and of course he's a a hall of famer and and of toronto rock fame and and all the rest of it uh but he's been coaching his his two daughters for about the last decade or so and and both of them Danita stroop one of the best in the country um, for Team Canada. but So he's been coaching them for the last decade, and they were all out there watching, and they gave Dad a pretty hard time because uh, you know he's telling them to do all these sorts of things, and then he goes out on the floor, and he's got 20-plus shots and, and just uh, came up with one goal. So uh, I think his family was giving him a pretty hard time, as, as were the boys on the bench. Uh, but nonetheless, a great weekend there in Burnaby for uh, the Masters Tournament. And uh, I'm glad I don't have like a physical job here today, Evan, because uh, if I had to get up and and go do some manual labor today, I I was it was probably going to be a sick day. Like I wasn't there's no way I could have got up and and gone and dug a ditch or something. So uh, happy to be here in the chair on the podcast uh, with you. Should we get into our report cards here, Evan? Let's do it, shall we? I'm, that, was more, yeah. that was a rhetorical question. We're going to do it regardless of what <laughs> you think. Uh, more than just a boot store, Stampede Tack and Western Wear carries a wide range of hats for camping, fishing, hiking, anything you do outdoors. You can find something inside Stampede Tack and Western Wear, or you can go online at stampede.ca, where shopping online is still shopping local. Weekly lax class report cards here Evan um where do we begin do we want to go F to I, A
2: or I, I think we got to go F to A just because of what's what's further up the chain we got to start with the F
1: Okay so this is man we we had a week last week where we were like okay not you know our F and our D is, is not too bad uh which you know we like we don't like searching or we like to have to search for something to give an F two, and this one just kind of smacked us in the side of the face, no pun intended. Uh, more referee abuse, Evan. Uh, we've 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 seen a number of instances, I don't even know where we start. I think it kind of started to come to the forefront at Minto Cup almost a year ago with the Jeff and Dan Tiet scenario. Um, with the refereeing and the situation that took place at the Minto Cup. But then we saw, you know, Mr. Jacobs, uh, and I I use the term Mr. Lightly, attack a referee on a floor. We've heard reports of uh, players not letting referees out of the arena and having to get police escorts uh, away from the arena or off the reservation. We've seen a referee in charge, at a minor tournament for a midget C tournament, get absolutely physically assaulted in a lobby, um, and just continues to to take place, Evan. And finally, the referees in Ontario, which we'll talk about here uh, coming up, but our F goes out to the idiots of the world in the lacrosse world that continue to not only verbally abuse officials, which is bad enough in its own right. But they've gone a step further and now physically abusing officials and threatening referees. This has gotten completely out of hand.
2: Yeah, the the particular incident, uh, it's out at Six Nations, and unfortunately a player uh, waited for an official out in the parking lot, did not allow him to leave, jumped on his car, and finally it was the last straw and here's the thing i think everybody's got to realize you are never ever going to agree with every call an official makes they've got to make judgment calls out there but they're not doing it to intentionally hurt you they are doing it because they are trying their best to enforce the rules of the game and to make sure it's fair make sure it's safe it's a part of being official. I've been an official in sports since I was 12 years old and in a number of different sports. I haven't spent much time on lacrosse on that one, but in hockey, ball hockey, basketball, I've done it for years. And the same type of abuse happens there that it does everywhere else. But it's obvious that the OLA was not taking this serious enough when these incidents just continued and continued to happen. And when we started getting word on Saturday, the officials walk out. I supported them a hundred percent. Yeah, and and the reason for that is is that they only have one bit of left. That's it. They're just not going to do games. And for those that want to complain about them not doing games, sorry. Do you not feel safe going to do your job? You do not go and do it. And until these boneheads are taken out, this is going to continue. Here's my suggestion. I put it out on Twitter yesterday. and seemed to got a lot of support. If you get suspended for either verbally or physically abusing an official, part of your suspension is you get to go out there and referee yourself. You get to go see the type of abuse get hurled at you. Or you get to go to a referee's clinic. Because a lot of this is on not understanding the finite details of the rules, but I think that might actually start to help in some cases. And say, you know what, the suspension—I got to set a game. No big deal. If I got to go and volunteer to referee a couple hours, maybe I stop what I'm doing. Yeah,
1: yeah, and I, I you know, I, I think I, I, I'm tentative just to go. You know what? Go referee a game because you know they don't have the proper training, and these guys go through extensive training to, especially when they get to the NLL or or WA or Junior A level, these guys have put in hours and hours and hours of training to get certified to referee at that level and to just kind of throw somebody in there go, yeah, you go try it. Um, It it would be an absolute massacre. But I think the idea of forcing them to go take a referee training course or some sort of training to understand why what they did is wrong, um, is a step in the right direction. And listen, before too long, we've already seen games get canceled. And this is because a, a show of solidarity and, and unity. And, and again, we're going to talk about this in a, in a couple of minutes here. But you're going to run out of officials. And when that happens, you're not going to be able to play any games. And and, and here's a, a prime example. And it and it gets away from you. And I'm probably Evan, just as guilty as the next guy. I I had some pretty choice words for an official this weekend. In fact, playing playing on the floor where my emotions got the better of me, and, and they surely have when I've been coaching in, in years past. Uh, you know, at the junior A level or what, whatever it may be. Like I've I've lost control of my emotions and said some things I've never threatened physical violence or or attacked an official with physical violence. I, I can't even fathom that. But verbal, sure. Um, which, you know, is something I, to this day I'm not, I'm not particularly proud about. But just to give you an example on how easily it can get away from you, I mentioned that this started at the Mentel Cup last year. One of the officials that was involved with the allegations of Jeff and Dan Teet was Marcus Fisher, who was out of... Saskatchewan, if I if I'm not mistaken, Evan, you'll be familiar with the name. Yes, yes. Who also coaches the Saskatoon Brewers of Senior B? So Marcus gets involved in this Minto Cup situation where he feels unsafe to go do his job and says, "You know what? If Dan Teets on the bench, I'm not going to referee." Five days later, goes to the President's Cup. And in his very first game, and this wasn't really widely reported because I just I didn't want to open the can right after everything that had happened in, in Minto, I was just exhausted from it all, and I didn't want that to be the focal point of the President's Cup. But literally, five days later, Marcus Fisher, and I hate to throw Marcus under the bus here because I like him, but I need to make this example of how easily it can get away from you. Five days later, Marcus Visser, now coaching the Saskatoon Brewers at the President's Cup, gets kicked out of the game for verbally abusing an official in the first game that he's coached in at the President's Cup. And this is the guy that just came off the Minto Cup refereeing where he didn't feel safe to go do his job and then turns around and does that. And that's just an example of, yeah, emotions get out of hand, and you run hot, and and you say things or you do things. You can't lean on that as an as a crutch or or use that as an excuse anymore to do that sort of garbage. And and being an, a senior official as Marcus is should know way better. But again, I'm just using him as an example, and I'm sorry that that he's been made the example here. But it, it just goes to prove the point that. You have to have some sort of training in place where you learn how to control yourself, where you're not firing off verbal or, or physical threats or even going to the point where you're physically abusing or assaulting somebody. It just There has to be some sort of protocol in place where if you do this, this is what's going to happen to you, so don't do it. And if you do do it, you're going to be in some hot water. But right now, Evan... There's just there's nothing in place to deter these people from doing stupid things.
2: No, I, I mean I've also sit on the disciplinary board for Sasball hockey, and I, I hate to say it, we've had to deal with this as well. Refs getting threatened in parking lots and what have you. We have a simple solution for it: lifetime ban. You know, the <laughs> we is that, that enough out, though?
1: Probably... Like that's my question: is that enough?
2: Well, but I mean it's what we've got, right? Like that player's never going to play another game of ball hockey in his life. Like sorry, but I mean I mean well, there there's the first incident there in in Ontario this year. There's criminal charges pending, but it's more than this. It's it's there's a whole culture change that's got to change that's got to happen here because it's not just the coaches, and it's just the players. It's the fans and the stands.
1: Oh, God. We're I mean, they may be the worst culprits of, of them all. They may be the worst of them all, is the fans, the parents. And, and this is not even at major games. This is at minor games. Like, people live their life through their child's sport and take things way too seriously and put way too much onus on what the officials are doing out there. They're not out there to help one team win or the other. They're doing the best that they can, and it's not an easy job to do. And just sit. I've said this so many times. Just sit down. Don't even sit. Just shut up and watch the game and cheer on your kid. You don't need to yell at the officials. You don't. And, and for those people out there saying, oh, well, you know, you get into refereeing, you should have thicker skin, than." come on. Like, do you really believe that? Like, if you went to your job and had somebody standing beside your desk while you're on the phone making a sales call, calling you a piece of garbage or a blind bum or whatever the case is, you think you're going to be okay with that? Have some thicker skin, man. Block it out. Do your job. These guys don't sign up to take that kind of crap.
2: As we were talking here, I got a message from Brian Shannon saying, He actually was required as part of his suspension years ago to go referee games for berating an official.
1: Well, there you go. There you go. Uh, We need to move on. We just spent about 15 minutes on on our letter grade F, and I I think it's it's warranted, Evan. Like, this has gotten way out of hand. It's high time something changes, and the officials from Ontario Mm – are taking a stand. We're going to talk about it in a second here, but we want to move along. D letter grade, and, and we <laughs> spent some more time on this, so settle in here, people. But uh, a lot of people up in arms here, Evan, about Senior A player rentals. And I know this is a subject that you're pretty sensitive about and, and, and uh, have some pretty strong feelings about, so I think I'm going to let you run with this one out of the gate here, but Letter grade D going to Senior A Lacrosse across the country for these one-year player rentals.
2: And this was something that wasn't an issue in the WLA until this year because they just changed the rule on this. It used to be, I believe, you had to – correct me if I'm wrong here – you had to wait 12 months or 24 months before you could trade for the player back? Yep. Yeah. So this used to not be an issue. But where I think where the conversation started with was once Mark Matthews was acquired by Peterborough as a rental. So to give you an idea, what we're talking about here is that Mark Matthews is playing for Peterborough this year. And then on January 1st, his rights go right back to Brooklyn. So he's not sticking around.
1: And it's the same thing – sorry to interrupt you, Evan – it's the same thing with Wesley Burke, Christian Del Bianco, I believe Shane Jackson. There's other players that are – Dane Doby and, and uh, Reese Callies have just been traded. So this has become common practice, not only in the East now, but in the West as well.
2: Yeah, and the WLA just took it to a whole new level this year because – Literally, the rosters of Coquitlam and Langley, who are way out of the playoffs, have just now been decimated on one-year rentals. Now, I guess where I really have an issue with this is more along the lines of cash being involved in these deals. If it was a case of, I'm getting a rental player, but, you know, i got to give up a lot of my draft picks of the future and things like that. You know, I'm going to be punished in the future for taking that rental player. Maybe I don't have a bit of an issue with it, but a lot of these deals in both MSL and the WLA involve cash. And this is now where I start to have an issue with this, because we said this for you that teams like Peterborough, Six Nations, they don't have hardly any draft picks in the next several years, but they don't need them. Between the fact that they get to protect four of their players from junior and also that they've got all this cash sitting around that they can literally transact for money. And I hate to say it, but Brooklyn, they've literally sold their roster off this year. You know That this continues to happen. And what you're going to get if this continues to occur is similar to Major League Baseball, where a Pittsburgh Pirates or a Kansas City Royals, where they bring up players, and as soon as they get decent, off they go for some money. You don't want to have this happen. You, in order to have a strong league, you need to have competitive teams across the board, to have fan interest in every market. If this continues to happen, I don't think you're going to get there.
1: No, probably not. And, and I'll and I'll say this about the East and the West. Like this is something that the WLA has adopted this year, and especially with, <clears throat> excuse me, the Man Cup being in the West this year, we've seen multiple teams load up with players as they as they take a run for it and and i get it like the west is, is sick of losing to the east they they want to win man cup so they've made a rule change to kind of level the playing field in that regard with major series lacrosse and they've they've taken that rule change and absolutely run with it and if it gets them a man cup at the end of the day i guess it's it's all worth it in the end for for whatever team wins for me like what's been holding the WLA back for years past and why the part of the reason that the East has been so dominant is because what we've seen in years gone by is major series lacrosse does whatever they need to do to win a man cup where in years gone by the WLA has done whatever it takes to win the WLA. So what I'm saying is teams back East, when they kind of figure out who's who and what's what will work together to make a really good one or two teams to come out and compete for the man cup where the focus on the WLA has always kind of been, well, I want to do what's best for my team, never mind the league or the province. I'm gonna do what's best for me. And that's short sighted. And now this year we've seen like I mean, like you said, Coquillum and Langley good deals for them because they're getting picks and they're getting their players back, but they're also helping the likes of the Shamrocks and the Burards by renting out their top players to help them try and win a man cup. So it's something we haven't really seen before, but I get like, you know, and, and in the East you got, they're allowed to protect four players out of juniors starting next year in the WLA. And it's not even a for sure thing yet. It'll be two players and the, and the, the, the playing field is just not level. It never has been, and I'm not sure it ever will be. But I I get why teams do this. I get why it's happening. I'm just not sure it's the right thing or the right luck for what is supposed to be semi-pro or even an amateur status sport here. Like you said, throwing a ton of cash around and players moving teams. I, like, where, like, whatever happened to building through the draft and – and building your program up from from the ground. I it doesn't seem to no. be and then it becomes and then it becomes a case of who's got the money and who doesn't and those are the teams that are going to prevail in the end. And it's just not it's it's not a good look and I don't think it's the right way to go about things if you want to grow the sport and grow your leagues, but this is the way it is right now. So as far as the West goes, they're going well, this is the only way we're going to compete, so this is what we're going to do. And, and the East is saying, well, wow, look at these teams out west, what they're doing. We better we better keep up with them. And, and we've seen you know Brooklyn more or less sell off their entire team and, and Peterborough and Six Nations reap the rewards of it. So I don't know, Evan. I don't know what the answer is uh, to fix it, but I'm not a fan of the senior A player rentals, so they get the D letter grade. we got to get to uh, our guests coming up here, but we got – three more letter grades to give out. We got uh, a couple of good guests coming up. Evan, again, you forget. We <laughs> got to mention our guests coming up. Uh, Ryland Reese from the Boston Cannons of the Major Lacrosse League uh, of Team Canada at Israel last summer and now a member of the Burnaby Lakers and sure to be a top five NLL draft pick. Ryland Reese will join us uh, here in about 15 minutes time. And then another guy who quite potentially could be a top five pick and probably will be a member of the Oakville rock in left-handed offenseman, Andrew Q will join us here in about 25, 30 minutes from now. So Ryland Reese, Andrew Q coming up here on the program. Um, C letter grade. We can gloss over here pretty quickly, Evan, and that's uh, in here in the WLA. I was just kind of looking for a C. I picked this Uh, player or teams today in fact, uh, will make the switch. So if you've been wearing your dark jerseys on the road, you'll now wear your darks at home and your lights on the road and vice versa. So this is something that the NHL does at the midway mark of the season. This is something the WLA has decided to do, and I don't particularly know how I feel about it. I think it's good, I guess, for... Fans that only go to home games and only get to see one jersey, they may not watch games online, they may not travel to other arenas, and they only see the white jerseys all the time. So here's a way to just let let your fans, your home fans, I guess, see both of your jerseys.
2: Maybe it's the case, too, of you're going to sell a bit more merchandise or something. I don't know if I have a particular issue with it. It's just strange that you do it midseason. But, you know, if you want to switch every year, I know that's what – a lot of the NLL teams do. It's one year, it'll be the yeah. home whites, and the next year, it'll be darks. I, I don't know if this bothers me either way. It's just strange. That it well, that's why
1: to it be. gets the letter C, Evan. It's not good. It's not bad. It's just average, whatever. Um, our B letter grade here, and, and we've been kind of alluding to it a couple of times, and we talked about the referee abuse, and now the officials in Ontario have decided – To boycott working, they've gone on strike. Essentially, Evan, they're not going to referee games until there's a policy ratified between the Ontario Lacrosse Association and the officials that there is some sort of policy in place for what happens when referee abuse happens, and it's going to happen again. There's no question about it. Uh, So the referees have walked out, and 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 I applaud these guys, Evan. It sucks to miss games and, and the players and the teams and the fans and all the rest of it don't get to watch their team play or you don't get to play in the game. But this is the wake-up call that I think, you know, the sport needed. And I think this is going to carry over into other provinces across the country. It started in Ontario, and I think we're going to see more of it happen until something is done. So the referee's walking out here, and I would never thought I would – you know, be in favor of this, but I am, and they get my B letter grade.
2: Interestingly enough, uh, Pac Reguar, his uh, his uh, j- junior B team, mm. was one of these teams that didn't know if they were going to play Saturday night, and they only played because the GMs of the other team had to go a step in and referee. Yeah, a little bit unfair to have that happen to you, but at the same time, you know what? Maybe that's a good thing. If if these GMs now have to go put up with the abuse that their teams are putting these referees through. Great. Now, we haven't seen yet if if MSL games are going to be called off. It'll be interesting to see if that happens. Uh, But these guys got 100% of my support. It's the only way it's going to get fixed. And I got comments on Twitter, something like, well, they should have given us more notice that they're not going to show. Like, you're reacting to a situation like this here, and it's the only leverage they got. They don't feel safe. Yeah. I don't think I don't think if if there was a major workplace accident at a construction site and the boss hadn't taken action yet to remedy the situation would you just yeah. show up for work because you hadn't given enough notice even though you don't feel safe?
1: Yeah. No. Not no me. no chance. And and again, I go back to it. It, it, these guys are doing this not not so much for their own right and, and yeah, their their safety is they're doing this for for the youngsters that are coming up um, that that are looking at this going do I really want to continue being an official or maybe a young kid going you know what I'd like to learn or earn a little extra money you know while I'm going to school and you know I'm trying to save up for a bike or whatever and then sees this and goes well maybe I'll go deliver papers instead of referee lacrosse because I don't I don't need that like I don't need some big you know, dad yelling and screaming at me because uh, his kid got knocked down and I didn't call a penalty for it. Or somebody stopping me on the way out of the arena and threatening violence because, uh, you know, I, I missed a call or made a bad call. Like, that's crazy to have to you know. even think about. So why would these kids – you're going to run out of officials, and as soon as that happens, you're going to run out of games. So um, I, I, I think this is a good thing. It's going to force – The wheel's in motion, and that's what needs to happen here. So, uh, refs walking out, get the B-letter grade. Letter A, Evan, before we get to Rylan Reese here, is going to go to the Nanaimo Senior A Timberman, who went 3-0 since Wednesday with an overtime victory over Langley, a one-goal win over Coquitlam on Saturday, uh, in a game that they lost Chase Fraser in, by the way, who went down with a, a pretty nasty-looking knee injury, all the best to, to Chase Fraser and his recovery. I, I still haven't heard how serious it is. It looked really bad. Um, but they pull that game out against Coquitlam and then play the next night against the first-place Burnaby Lakers and win that game, too. As the Timbermen go 3-0 and in the week, they're 7-2, and sole possession of second place, and only because they haven't played as many games as other teams uh, I watched Caleb Toth get out on the floor and mop up a wet spot last night for Nanaimo. This is what's happening around this Timberman organization here. The head coach is going out and wiping up the floor when there's wet spots out there. No task is too big for any of those guys. And something special is happening there in Nanaimo so far, Evan. 7-2 and two for the team, and they get my A-letter grade this week.
2: Quite the story coming out of there because for years, Nanaimo's been that poor little cousin on the island that, you know, they they don't have the money, they don't have the crowd, they they just aren't able to attract top players like their bigger brother, uh, Victoria, just down the island. Mm. But when you look at this roster, like, who's on there, right? These are not names that most lacrosse fans will recognize. You don't have those NLL superstars. (laughs) Like, you got, Chase Fraser, like you said, Nick Finley, Evan Messenger, Tyson Rowe, Drew Belgrave, like a lot of these guys are not big name players. Yeah, they're not but superstars.
1: Yet. They're really good, solid players, but they're not bonafide superstars right. of the league. And it's and it's very similar to what the Burnaby Lakers have been doing, right? Like it, it they've gone with the team first concept and built within and the chemistry and the cohesion and all that you know there's nobody's nobody's bigger than the next guy in those two clubs and and here they are both sitting at the top of the standings with no real high end I mean yeah Burnaby's got a couple of guys in in church and Penny and Eli McLaughlin but for the whole when you look around and you look at the Shamrocks roster or the Bellies or the the Barards, these rosters that Burnaby and Nanaimo are sporting pale in comparison but yet they're the teams at the top of the standings right now.
2: Yeah, I mean, you got Charlie Claxton and that who
1: playing real hoping well.
2: That he, you're hoping he finally gets a good shot at the NLL with some decent playing time with a couple extra teams sitting around. But here's the other thing: is as much as they were what two points out of first place with uh, with was Burnaby. I believe they got seven games to go. Yeah, but out of those seven games, three of them were against Coquitlam and Langley. <laughs> they're they're gonna have some easier games coming up. There's they're upsetting the table right now. Well because... yeah,
1: because there's there's four playoff spots and there's five teams in the mix, right? Like some a good team in the WLA is gonna miss the playoffs this year and and usually, you know, the cream rises to the top and it separates pretty easily on who the bottom three and who the top four are. Not this year, it's the top five and the bottom two. And uh somebody's gonna miss. Somebody's you know, it's going to be interesting to see how it comes down here and which team is going to be the team to miss out. and And I don't know if anyone suspected to see eight and three Burnaby and seven and two Nanaimo at this point of the season, but there they are. So, uh, we got to get to break here. But R- Rylan Reese is on the other side. But the Nanaimo Timberman... Get the letter A grade here on Stampy Tax Weekly Lax Class Report Cards. Long opening segment there, Evan, but I think it was a worthwhile one. I hope you guys did too. We're gonna to take a quick break here on Lax Class and then be joined by the Beast, Ryland Reese, on the other side. Keep it right here on Lacrosse Classified on the Lax Stars Podcast Network. Pure Vital Labs is proud to bring you the highest quality sports supplements on the market. PVL products are 100% all-natural with no artificial flavors, colors, or sweeteners. And the entire line is also Informed Choice certified. We designed all our products with the athlete in mind. We look forward to being a part of your athletic achievements, helping you push the bar higher, win at the highest levels, and set personal records for years to come.
3: Hey, this is Graham Hossack of the Halifax Thunderbirds and the Victoria Shamrocks. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on the Lax All Stars Podcast Network.
1: Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified here on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network. You just heard it right there from our friends at Pure Vita Labs. Anything else would be on sports and Lake, all natural supplements and all the best lacrosse players on those supplements, and choice certified products, find them at pvl.com or their social media at Pure Vita Labs. And speaking of pure vital labs as you see me or listen to me segue here as we welcome our next guest on lacrosse classified rylan reese who is also newly signed to one pvl if i'm not mistaken rylan welcome to the program thank you thank you um is it true that the rumor's true i saw did i did i not see an instagram takeover for you and and the pure vital labs folks
0: yeah um uh just recently signed uh, with the Pure Vita Labs, so uh, excited to be a part of that team, and you know, obviously the crew of the players that are with them. So, uh, you know, excited for that little journey here. But yeah, just uh, just recently joined them.
1: Yeah, very exciting, and uh, some quality products out there for your uh, for your consumption. So um, I'm sure you're taking those because. You've been a pretty, pretty busy guy over the last, uh, month, couple of months here. You're whipping back and forth across the continent, playing for the Boston Cannons of the major lacrosse league and the Burnaby Lakers in the WLA. You can kind of get away with that stuff as a youngster, Rylan, but that's still a lot of travel and that's got to be pretty taxing on, on you both physically and mentally.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, um, playing out of Boston, that, uh, that seven hour plane ride every weekend or, uh, you know, sometimes shorter, sometimes longer. Uh, it definitely adds up, but, uh, you know, being young, being able to do it, you know, do it while you can. And, uh, you know, it's always awesome to be able to come back to play a nice, nice box game after, after a nice field game. So, you know, this weekend didn't go as planned, but, uh, you know, both teams are doing really well. And, uh, you know, it's awesome just to be able to do it right now. So <laughs> Yeah, your
1: Lakers are 8-3. and three. I'm not up to date on, on what's going on in, in major lacrosse, but uh, I know you get to play with a guy by the name of Bill O'Brien, who I, I love to follow on social media. Have, uh, have, you got, have you got close with Thrilla? Have you become part of Thrilla Nation now that you're playing with Bill O'Brien there in Boston?
0: Yeah, Bill O'Brien's awesome. Um, he's a big media presence for us, you know, hard worker every day in and out of practice, you know, in and out of the lineup. Um, yeah we got his first start last weekend. um Unfortunately, they didn't even go our way, but you know he's always one of those guys that's there for practice. He's flying down for practice and whatnot, and uh, you know, just always trying to make the team better in any way he can, so what uh
1: um when- you know, he's been he's, Sorry, Ryan. What what discipline do you like better? Like you you've played a lot of box and you played a lot of field and of course, uh, you know, member of Team Canada and, and uh, a great career at Stony Brook and uh member of Canada's U19 team and and you know, a a Minto cup champion in box across what what discipline do you like better?
0: They they're so different, you know. Yeah, um, they really are. You know, box is much more physical and intense and that's what I really like about box is, you know, everyone's really into it and it's just kind of a hard fought battle the entire game um field like a little bit more laid back you know a little bit more you know some would say more IQ more systematic um you know which is also good um personally if I were to pick one you know I think I'd play a a nice hard fought game of box but um you know I guess that's just the Canadian side of me in there
1: uh, yeah. No. I mean, I I just I ask because you know. I mean you're obviously very accomplished at field, and I think you still have some room to grow in the box game. Like you're going to be a high draft pick come the NLL, but um, yeah, it's just interesting. Some guys are 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 better at box. Some guys are better at field, but. They like the other one better, so I always kind of like to ask that for guys that play both and excel at both, which they prefer and and, and which they end up being better at, uh, might not necessarily be the one that they actually prefer. So that is why I ask, as I speak with Ryland Reese here on Lacrosse Classified, uh, you just mentioned, didn't really go your way last night over in Nanaimo, but... Uh nonetheless, a good start for your Burnaby Lakers and uh the goal scoring touches is, is coming around the last couple of games here, Ryland. Eight and three for your Lakers. Uh, what's it like been for your first year in Senior Lacrosse and, and playing under Coach P. Tellis? Um,
0: well, you know, I think Coach Tellis and uh Coach Kyle kinda have a a reputation for their own um you know, kind of speech themselves. But uh just being able to come into the locker room to you know, come into a new team that's just kind of determined and, you know, got that grit to win. Um, you know, that's always, that's always a plus. Um, and, you know, like every practice in, day in, day out, um, we got all the guys, whether, you know, some guys are banged up. Um, you know, we got older, younger guys. And uh, everyone's just coming in every practice, every game, you know, kind of ready to compete, ready to go at it. And, uh, you know, I think that's what makes it so fun is that everyone's, uh, everyone's really bought in and it's, you know, no one's just cruising by and, wanting to just play everyone wants to win and you know you know they're all they're all there for a reason and I think that's what's uh that's what's awesome we got different guys in a lineup all the time I think the biggest thing for us is just it's that mentality of just being bought in and uh that winning mentality and I think that's something that uh coach and you know or coach Tellis have really uh really engraved into the team and i think that's what kind of sep- that's what separates us
1: right now yeah absolutely i mean uh you guys you guys are getting it done on a night-to-night basis and and you get to deal with a guy that you came up through through junior and, and won a mental cup with last year in, in grayden bradley which is kind of nice for you to kind of break into the league together you got somebody there on the back end that you know very well and and uh that sort of thing always helps uh the last time i watched you play in burnaby rylan reese you you had a, a bunch of kids down there in the front row. Uh, you scored a couple of goals, and these kids were going nuts. And I'm going, like, why are these kids cheering so much for Ryland Reese? And it turns out uh, you're actually co- – ca- is it Cali Lacks that you're coaching for? These kids uh, w- were right behind you in that game. You played one of your best games.
0: Uh, so I kind of grew up playing with Cali Lacks and that whole U.S. box club a long time ago. And I've been coaching them for a couple of years, so – to be able to coach them last week and then then be able to come out to one of the senior games is awesome. Um, you know, good thing I was able to put a couple in the net there and make, make myself look good as a defenseman. There. <laughs> um, but no, yeah, it was awesome. Just, uh, you know, seeing them getting all fired up for, uh, for the swamp there. And, uh, you know, it was awesome.
1: Yeah, and you you always you always seem to play a little bit harder and a little bit better when you got uh you got your team that you're coaching uh there watching you. I don't know why that happens. It's kinda like having your mom and dad this stands. You're just you just go a little bit harder.
0: Yeah. No, for sure.
1: All right, Rylan. Well, uh I won't keep you any longer. Happy Canada Day, man. Uh safe travels, uh flying back and forth from Boston and I'm sure we'll see you in the swamps sooner than later with your Burnaby Lakers.
0: Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Happy Canada Day.
1: Happy Canada Day indeed. Quick break here on Lax Class. Back on the other side with Andrew Q of the Oakville Rock right here on the Lacrosse All-Stars Podcast Network.
0: Hey, this is Josh Byrne of the Buffalo Band and Chaos Lacrosse Club. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network.
1: Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified here on the Lacrosse All Stars Podcast Network. Growing the game one podcast at a time is what we do. Jake Elliott Evans, Sheminar with you, and now joined by a member of the Oakville Rock and projected top five NLL draft pick, Andrew Q, is on the program. Andrew, thanks for doing this.
3: Thanks, guys. Really appreciate
1: it. Our pleasure, man. Uh, happy Canada Day. What are you up to? It sounds like you're outdoors in the wind doing something.
3: <laughs> I'm actually, uh, I'm just out on the field shooting around a little bit
1: Okay, so stick in hand, i love to hear that uh, and I'm sure NLL GMs do as well We'll get into the Oakville Rock stuff here, Andrew but uh, I I gotta imagine you've heard the talk and you gotta be pretty excited about what's on the horizon here with the NLL draft coming up um, have, you, have you been talking to any teams as of yet? Do you, do you have a gut feeling on where you might be selected?
3: No, uh, I actually I haven't talked to any teams yet. Um, I I no I don't I don't really know where where I'm gonna end up. Um, I, we'll have to see how that plays out. But uh, kind of right now, just
1: do you have a pressing on?
3: <laughs> no, I I don't really. Uh, I haven't thought too much into it. Uh, just trying to focus on on the summer season and keep playing well and and uh, help help Oakville get, uh, get wins here. So that's kind of the focus for the summer. I hadn't, hadn't thought too much ahead. Well, draft guru Stephen Stamp has you going number one to
2: New York. If you're going to a team like New York or Rochester, the teams of the top two picks, and you're now expected to play a massive role in that offense day one against veterans of this league is there any intimidation or anything that you're going to face when you
3: face those situations it, what what which starting uh, in for the NLL or for, for yeah the, for the NLL, yeah oh uh no i mean you kind of just take that um as the op- as an opportunity and um i think that yeah there'll be there'll be a little uh period where um adjustment and uh like anything else but uh no i think uh i think it'll be okay um yeah, hopefully wherever I where I end up, um, it'll be a quick transition period. Um, but I don't know. I don't think I'm, – I'm hoping that it's not not going to be too tough.
1: <laughs> Speaking with Andrew Q here of the Oakville Rock, and uh, let's go back a little bit. And something I always kind of like to ask people that are new to the program or first-timers, Andrew, is how did you get your start in lacrosse? When was the first time you ever picked up a stick? Yeah, so I um, –
3: my my father or actually a buddy of mine um his his father uh t- um told my dad about about lacrosse and i start. i guess he signed me up when i was four years old uh my dad tells me that the the first game i ever played i just lied on the floor and uh was, started crying
1: <laughs> yeah i think i, I probably lie. did that once or twice myself <laughs>
3: yeah so I guess I didn't like it too much to start um but uh ever i guess ever since that that first year i I just um had a love for the game and I guess never really looked back from there. You played your college ball at Tampa, mm. which is a d2 school
2: um, not overly well known, but there's a lot of good college lacrosse play in in d2. Tell us about your experience there and what made you go to Tampa.
3: Yeah, so it, yeah, it's a little bit, um, obviously more, um, low key than, than a, a big division one school. And, uh, I guess so out of high school, I didn't, I didn't really know what, what path I was going to take, maybe to go, um, play just lacrosse in Canada, go to university in Canada. Um, I ended up making the a decision to go to the Hill Academy for a post-grad year, um, and try to pursue college lacrosse. Um, when I went to, to the hill um you know i kind of just spoke with the coaches there and they um and they really helped me along that along that path to college across i i always kind of wanted to go to school somewhere more southern uh warmer um and i guess i ended up uh i ended up doing a few visits down to florida I, when i went to tampa i absolutely loved the school um kind of never really never really looked at anywhere else after i uh, stepped onto that campus. Tampa, so that's where I, it's at. I
1: mean, I, that's, that's, it's pretty nice down there. I don't know why you'd want to look anywhere else once you get down to Tampa Bay. I mean... Uh... <laughs> no, yeah, it was, uh,
3: it was a pretty cool experience. The, the visit was great, and um, that's, that's where I ended up.
1: Well, Andrew, uh, as we speak with Andrew Q here, let's talk about your Oakville Rock here for a couple of minutes. Uh, mm-hmm. You yourself, six games played, 13 goals, 14 assists, 27 points, leading the team in scoring. Uh, you guys are coming off a, a pretty big victory over the Six Nations Chiefs. A pretty convincing victory. A little, a little slow out of the gates, though. I would say, Andrew, are you guys starting to kind of hit your stride, especially coming off that win against the Chiefs? Well, I actually I wasn't there for that game. Okay. Uh, for,
3: the, for, the,
1: for the one against the last one against Six
3: Nations, but no, I heard uh, heard it was pretty convincing. Um, I know that uh, that that'll probably yeah. I would think that'll help us. On on uh, the right path here, and and continue to get uh, maybe um, lengthen the win streak. I'm yeah, hoping
1: Well, what's the um, what's the goal, Andrew? Because I mean, Oakville, it, it, you guys have been around for a while now. You've you've you know been improving year after year after year. I would think that the expectations have taken another step this year. And you're and you're always going to be in tough against the Chiefs and 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 the Lakers. We know that. But Oakville's a team that's been on the rise for the last few years, and I think there's that expectation for them to take the next step this season. Is that is that correct? in assuming, yeah, I mean uh, every year that's
3: our goal. Obviously, is to win a man cup. Last year, um, uh, you know, we were a couple, a few games away from getting to the the man, um, or at least to the series. And no, I feel yeah we have a we have a um, a great team, great guys on the team. Um, and, and uh, enough talent and, and work ethic, I feel to yeah, to, um, you know make a make a run this year, um, and and yeah, that's the exact same goal every every single year. You're known for being a
2: perimeter shooter. You come to an Oakville Rock team coached by Matt Sawyer, who basically has a perimeter shooting offense, uh, even in the NLL. What is has there been a nice comfort level playing for Matt? And I guess what has he taught you uh,
3: to, to improve yourself within the box game? Oh, absolutely! No, um, Coach Sawyer is is really great, uh, great to me, and um, he's all he's always you know he's always pushing for me to shoot the ball, um, and and so and same with uh, our, our our whole coaching staff. Um, but yeah, I know he's been he's been great. Um, p- He's yeah. So like I said, he's always he's always pushing me to shoot the ball. Also, a few I'd say a few things. Um, uh, when you you're shooting the ball from the top, and then um, having defensive responsibility is another massive thing that uh, that I'm still continuing to work on and um, make sure that you know you know I'm just out there to score goals, but to get back and um, play play that uh, <clears throat> or get to the bench so that you can get the D guys out um and then just another thing to work on is is quick shooting um he's always uh preaching about like the long wind up um getting rid of the ball a little bit quicker is definitely something i can work on and and something that he's pushing me to work on
1: absolutely yeah i mean i I think that's something that a lot of people have noticed andrew you got a great outside shot just takes a little bit longer than most guys to to get it off and it's kind of like equating it to a quarterback in the pocket and how quickly they get the football out of the pocket so I think uh I think those are are some real poignant points for for you to work on now last one here for you Andrew before we let you go is there is there a guy or two maybe that you watched growing up that you maybe kind of modeled your game after that you emulated a little bit
3: Yeah, so a local guy, uh, I always grew up going to his camps. Uh, Dan Dawson was a guy I always looked up to, watched him play. Pretty good, Um, pretty good
1: player, that guy. (laughs)
3: Yeah, absolutely, no, and uh, he taught me a lot at those camps, and then just an overall great guy, too. Um, He's always been really nice to me, and uh, and then obviously. Sorry, I just want to say,
1: sorry, I I don't mean to cut you off, but I just want to ask you because uh, I know you just got John Grant in there, and that's probably another pretty good guy to, to model your game after. But how weird, if Dan decides to go another year here in the National Lacrosse League, and and I don't see why he wouldn't with the kind of production that he had this season, but how weird is it going to be for you, a rookie in the league, to go up and play against a guy that you went to his lacrosse camp, says, as a kid? <laughs>
3: um you know what? Yeah, it's a little bit strange, but it's also a great opportunity. I, I, I had a similar thing. Um, the first year I played for, for Oakville, um, a couple of years ago, I, uh, just finished at the Hill and then I got to play against Brody Barrel, uh, in the summer league <laughs> yes. and he had just coached me there. Right, so
1: right. No,
3: it's just, uh, just great opportunities and it's, it's uh, a lot of fun. Um, but the, yeah, no, there's good. They're always, they're always willing to help. And, and, and so, also someone, that uh, I've always looked up to. So, that's, no, it's just great. It's just uh, it's a lot of fun when, when those opportunities come
1: up. Absolutely, man. Well, hey, listen, uh let you get back to shooting there in Oakville out on the field, uh, getting a, a few extra reps in. Uh, best of luck with your Oakville Rock for the remainder of the season, and uh, the same goes for the upcoming NLL draft, man. Uh, I know you're going to be a high pick. Uh, not sh- quite sure where you're going to go, but I know uh, one team is going to be happy when they select you so uh best of luck for the rest of the summer going into the nll draft and uh hopefully we can catch up again sooner than later thanks very much guys appreciate it appreciate you coming on that was andrew q of the oakville rock stampers got him going number one evan uh riptide what do you think
2: Uh, i don't disagree with him when you got a guy that's been the leading goal scorer on the oakville rock two years straight you gotta consider that and you know, offensive lefties are going to be at a premium.
1: Always, always are. Let's get to break on the other side, Evan. We're going to do it again. It's Stampede, Tax, who you got, and whatever else we can jam in here on the Lacrosse Classified Podcast on the Lax All-Stars Podcast Network.
0: Associated
1: labels and packaging is in the
0: business of creating first impressions. They'll help you reflect your company values accurately by offering solutions that fit your product needs. With the latest in printing technology and over 35 years of experience, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit for your company to take your labels and packaging to the next level. Hey, this is Pete Tellis, head coach of the Burnaby Lakers. You're listening to Lacrosse Classified on Last All-Stars, growing the game one podcast at a time.
1: Welcome back to Lax Class. Lacrosse Classified here on Lacrosse All-Stars Podcast Network. Jake Elliott, Evan Scheminauer with you. Uh, big thanks to Andrew Q for stopping by. It was a good conversation there. Uh, now, as we hit the fourth quarter of the podcast, Evan, uh, you've been around long enough, you know what comes next. It's Stampede Tack and Western Wares. Who you got? And if you don't know, Now you will, because I'm about to tell you, they are your complete source for boots and motorcycle leathers and gear. Summer riding season is here, and if you need the right stuff when you're out cruising on your bike, go to Stampede Tech. Stampede.ca, where shopping online is still shopping local, located there in Cloverdale since 1967. Uh, We didn't give away a cowboy hat or thunder tickets last week on the podcast, so we're going to do that This week, so make sure you remind me after we do who you got here, Evan, to uh, come up with an idea on how to give away a hat from Stampede tax and Western Wear and, uh, and maybe, a pair of Maybe tests. if somebody
2: can score a goal like John Grant Jr. did this week. I, tr- get yeah, I tried. <laughs> I
1: tried. Well, I didn't really try. I just I can't believe that that guy's 44 years old and doing crazy stuff like that. Uh, amazing. Uh, if you haven't seen it, check out my Twitter feed, and uh, there it is. All right, Evan. Uh, you've only participated for one week in who you got for the summer season, so I think we're going to – we're going to wipe out Challoner's score, uh, and mine for that matter. We will start starting from last week, because that's when you started. You had a tough week. You went one and four. I went two and three, uh, which means, you know what this means, Evan. You get to host who you got.
2: And St. Catherine's was my only, right? That was, <laughs> mm. that was the one that... I thought that was going to be my downfall. and Ended up being the only one I got right.
1: Wow! Well, congratulations.
2: <laughs> hey, at least I didn't go, didn't 4 So I'm yeah, happy
1: about that. Yeah, that's tough to do. It's, I mean, that's literally hard to do. Is go over.
2: Well, the other, the other difficulty is with the summer seasons. We're picking the best game in every league every week, rather that's than the doing. NLL, where you might get a softball like there. You go, Saskatchewan against. Vancouver and you know, you, you know ninety percent of the time who's gonna win that game. Exactly.
1: So. We're doing our best. Uh so you're one and four, I'm two and three. Let's get into this here, Evan. Let's start All right. uh well you got it, you got so. it in front of you. Let's roll.
2: I got it, yeah. We're starting with the Rocky Mountain lacrosse league, who we'll get into in a minute, but so the Saturday game, keeping mind it's a Saturday game <laughs> because they played twice this weekend. The Mounties heading into Edmonton Advent- in St. Albert to play the Miners. Who you got?
1: Well, uh, I think the Mounties have been kind of coming on here a little bit lately, Evan. Miner. I mean, it's so tight. Miners, they're, they're out They're in that four spot right now, but they're not that far out of it. They're at home here. Can they get their fifth win of the season? I think the Mounties are starting to roll here a little bit. Give me the Mounties. I'm going to take the Mounties. Yeah,
2: I'll take the Mounties too. Um, Edmonton, the te- Edmonton teams are always the one you expect to win against, and you know the the miners had a hot start to yeah, the year. They went yeah. three and one, and they've absolutely Scuffled. collapsed since. It's they've only won one game since, so they're they're pretty much out of it. I'll take the take the Mounties as well. Okay, well, OLA game of the week. We finally don't have. An Orangeville game. To yeah. Pick yeah. From.
1: Well hey, like I said, man, if they're involved in the game of the week, they're involved in the game of the week. I don't I don't really care if I keep picking the same team, but they're not this week. Who we got? No. Nope. There we go. Let's go. Friday night. Burlington heading into Whitby. Who you got? Mm. 11 6 and one Whitby. Fourteen and three for the Chiefs. Whitby always good at home. Pretty stingy defensively. Six and one and one at home for Whitby. But seven and one on the road. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with the first place team here. I don't know a whole lot about Burlington. I know uh, basement Dan McCray there is got the the boys at the helm. I'm gonna go with the Chiefs. I'm gonna take the Chiefs here.
2: I don't know if you're gonna be allowed back in the South Tell it.
1: <laughs> Well, you know what, man? I gotta.
2: I mean. It's a, It's basically Team Whitby and Coquitlam. I can't. can't. <laughs> I can't,
1: uh, I can't <laughs> let that sort of thing factor in to my picks.
2: No, I, I mean, I'm going with Burlington too. I, I, I get it. It's. It's. They're the best at the moment. It's a road game, sure, but the records speak them for themselves. I'm going to. I'm going with the obvious one. BC Junior A Friday night.
1: Okay. New
2: West heading into Coquitlam. Mm.
1: Who you got? Well, I'll tell you, this is uh, Junior Adnack alumni game night, uh, Evan, and and the rivalry between the Bellies and the Adnacks, you know by now, is is a fierce one. Uh, New West playing some good lacrosse. Coquitlam picking up. Uh, a couple of guys at the deadline, sitting at fifteen and four bellies, moving up the table, twelve and six yeah. now with that big victory over Nanaimo
2: We know you want to take the bellies. Come on now. <laughs> uh,
1: I, I I'm pretty tempted to, to be quite honest with you. I'm not going to, but I'm tempted to. But I think Coquitlam being at home is going to be the difference here. It's going to be a great game. I can't wait to watch it after I play uh play the in the alumni game beforehand. But give me the defending Mental Cup champions, please.
2: Shocker, everybody, Jake Elliott, to nah. pick mm-hmm. Coquitlam to win. <laughs> uh, plus
1: 78 in goals for and against uh, for Coquitlam, by the way.
2: Yeah, no, I, I'm taking the Adam next too. You don't, you don't ever pick against them at home.
1: Both Let's teams 7-3 and three in their last 10 games.
2: And now the big matchup in the MSL... Six Nations oh, has the Peterborough. Oh, Peterborough's, Peterborough's yes. a whole bunch of new players. Mm-hmm. Who you got?
1: Man, this is a – man, that's good. Six Nations against Peterborough. All that star-studded talent on the floor. Mark Matthews going to be in the lineup that night? I think I'm taking the Lakers just so. because Mark Matthews might be playing. They're 8-2. and two. Chiefs are 7-3. and three. They just picked up Shane Jackson. They got a really good team there in Six Nations. Man.
2: Except, except they didn't show up in the Yeah, last. they, they got blown out
1: by, by Oakville just a, a couple of nights nice, ago. I'm going to take Peterborough. I'm going to go with Peterborough.
2: Yeah, I'm taking Peterborough, too. I mean, I think back to last year when, when Six Nations came there and they had to have uh, John Tavares play for them because right? they didn't have enough runners. Yeah, I, I just don't trust who's going to be in the Chiefs' lineup. Enough to pick them here.
1: Well, that's so, fair. I think that's fair. Yeah.
2: And uh, oh, Battle of the Island on Thursday night. Victoria going up to the
1: This who you got? Yeah, this this game here, uh, Evan. Season series on the line, and could very well go a long way in determining a playoff spot. You look at the standings now: eight and three Burnaby, seven and two Nanaimo, six and five Maple Ridge, six and four. Victoria and there's New West sitting outside the playoff bar right now at 5-5, five and five. and you think about that game against Nanaimo where they won and then had the two points stripped away. Is that two points going to come back and haunt them at the end of the year? My goodness, it might. It might, Evan. Uh, but we're going to focus on Nanaimo versus Victoria here. Nanaimo won the first matchup in Victoria. Victoria won the return leg in Nanaimo. Where is this game being played? In the Nino. That
2: complicates things.
1: It does. I still think I'm going to take the Shamrocks in this game. Um, I think the definite goaltending edge goes to the Timberman, but I think the overall depth of the roster and what Shamrocks have won five in a row now, Evan, uh, starting to heat yeah. up a little bit. I'm going to take the Shamrocks on this one. in the, On the road – Give me the Shamrocks. I would not be surprised to see Nanaimo win this game, but I'm going to take Victoria.
2: Yeah, I'm taking Victoria too. So hang on. Did we just
1: go five for five with the same picks? We did, yeah. Then give Uh, me uh, Nanaimo. I don't want five for five with the same picks with you. I'm taking (laughs) Nanaimo then.
2: Okay, then you're taking Nanaimo. I'll let you have that one because, yeah, I mean, Victoria had a horrendous start to the season. Not all their guys were in the lineup. They finally found their way um you yeah. know they've got it they're, they're four games back but with a game in ha- four points back with a game in hand they're in that push for first this is one of those critical games that you can't give up i'm taking the shamrocks
1: okay well i i, I again i think victoria might win i wouldn't be surprised to see nanaimo win but i do not want to have the exact same five picks as you evan i'm a game up on you right now as it is anyway so give me nanaimo just so we have a differentiating pick okay Got it? Got it. All right. Uh, almost done here on Lax Class uh, for Canada Day. Um, Want to give an update on Emily Goss. Uh, the Goss family still back there in London, England, asking for thoughts and prayers and positive vibes. Uh, apparently, they've tried to wake up Emily um, from the latest I've heard, and she has not responded to coming off the induced uh, coma medication yet. Um, so everybody's keeping their spirits and hopes up high for Emily that uh, she will pull out of this. Um, but again, check out the GoFundMe page, uh, any support you can give uh, through the Masters organization as well, through Deb Hurd, accepting e-transfers, and uh, they need all the love and support and, and positive thoughts and, and financial help that they can get, so uh, please uh, do whatever you can. To help the Goss family um, in their time of need right now, just an awful, awful situation. I kind of recapped the Masters uh, weekend there. Congratulations to the Coasters who won the 45 and over division. I'm not sure who won the 55 and over. Russ Hurd, by the way, was playing in both. Like the guy is in, <laughs> guy's in phenomenal shape. Was playing on two different teams throughout the whole week. I don't know how many games total he played, but even in the 35 and over final. I think he had like four goals or something and and was taking every shift out there. The guy is just an absolute machine. Pretty impressive stuff. I mentioned the junior Adnick alumni game. If you're listening, you're a junior Adnick alum, uh, 20 bucks gets you a burger and a beer, a ticket into the game and a good time out on the floor uh, with, with some of your old teammates, maybe some new ones as well. And uh, you get a, chance to tell some lies about the glory days as well so i really hope uh, to see everybody out who's ever wearing the purple and gold at the junior a level uh for the junior adnack alumni game i know evan this swat had a big opportunity over the weekend to kind of pave the way for first place unfortunately they kind of stumbled and now things really up for grabs in the rmll
2: yeah all three the the swat the raiders and the and the, the mounties all within a game of one another Unfortunately, the math doesn't work too well for the Swat because they've played one extra game. They got two games against the Raiders this weekend. The problem is the Mounties have two against the Miners, and there's also a midweek game between the Raiders and Mounties. But everything's still up for grabs. The Swat are going to need to sweep the Raiders and get some help to get first. But anybody's still in it.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, minors are, are scuffling, but uh, they still got a chance. But I, it's going to be a real interesting race coming down the stretch between those three teams. And and correct me if I'm wrong, but the first place team gets the buy second place third, and, and fourth is out? Yes, that's correct. Okay, so that's, uh, that's important stuff there. I think that's it, Evan. Uh, you got anything else you want to get off your chest before we get on our way, huh? No, I'm good. I think I'm good, too. That was uh, was a good program. Big thanks to Rylan Reese and Andrew Q for stopping by the program. Big thanks goes out to our sponsors, of course, Pure Vital Labs, Associated Labels and Packaging, and Stampede Tech and Western Wear. And, of course, to you, the loyal listener, for listening to Lax Class every single Tuesday or whenever you decide to digest it every single week right here on the lacrosse all-stars podcast network don't forget to follow us on social media at lax class on twitter at lacrosse classified on instagram we've got a facebook page evan is at shemlax i am at pxp for sports and we are at the end of the show thanks for listening to lacrosse classified on the lacrosse all-stars podcast network for the fastest game on two feet and for the creator enjoy the games everybody